What would you do if you were banished from your home? What if you were never allowed to return? And should you disobey this order, you would face death. Where would you go? What might you achieve? What paths would life take you through? It's the life of a Limerick man which answers these questions for us. This is his story. In 1678, in Kalidi, Limerick, a child was born. His name was Peter Lacey. Peter was born in one of the last noble families of Ireland. His parents were Pierce and Maria de Lacey, and they were among the most powerful people in Catholic Limerick. Peter's life started as any other noble boy at the time. He was highly educated, he was taught how to fight, and he was taught about military strategy. From an early age, he showed he had a real ability in fighting and was rarely outfought or outsmarted in a duel. At age just 13, all of this early training was put into practice as the Jacobite-Williamite War spilled into Ireland. Before the war began, the Glorious Revolution had taken place in England. This saw the Catholic King James overthrown by the Dutch Protestant William of Orange. James took refuge in Ireland after the war and the Irish still recognised him as their king. There was a strong sense at the time that as he was a Catholic he would look favourably on the displaced Catholics of Ireland who had been forced from their lands by the Protestant planters from Scotland. Whilst the Catholics supported James, the Protestants supported William. Both groups had deeply vested interests in the outcome of the war as the winner would decide their futures in Ireland. As the war raged on, Peter joined his uncle's regiment in the Catholic Jacobite army and as a young boy he fought bravely in the first siege of Limerick and then in the Battle of Ockram. During the siege he was noted for his bravery when face to face with attackers. At the Battle of Ockram he was noticed for his strategic movements throughout the battle. When the Jacobite army fell, the Treaty of Limerick was signed. Part of the terms of the treaty meant that all the Jacobite armies were to be exiled from Ireland and were sent to France in what became known as the Flight of the Wild Geese. This event left massive scars in the Irish state of mind as all their trained soldiers left the land overnight, never to return again, leaving the ordinary people without a defence as the new harsh anti-Catholic, anti-Irish rule flooded the land. As the Irish in Ireland suffered greatly for believing in a slightly different version of the same set of rules, the wild geese joined the French army. Peter first landed in France in Brest. He joined the regiment of Athlone in the Irish Jacobite French army with his father and his brother. 
He was first stationed in Nantes, where he again saw battle at a young age. He fought in the Nine Years' War, a war which took place on a global scale due to the after-effects of the Jacobite-Williamite War in Ireland. Peter fought bravely in these battles too, and took place in battles at Pédimon and Marsaglia. In Marsaglia, as 65,000 men went to battle, the young Peter led those under his command and using his bravery and unique strategic abilities, led most of them through the fight safely. The battle itself left 12,000 dead or wounded and Peter was noted as having been a key figure to France's victory on the day. He continued to fight on the Italian front of the war for the next three years. It was during this time that his father and his brother had lost their lives. After the war ended, the Jacobites in the French army disbanded as part of the terms of the treaty. The young Peter found himself with nowhere to go. He could not return home to Ireland, nor was he able to settle in France. His family in Ireland could no longer have contact with him, and the brother and father who he had travelled to France with were gone. The only life he knew was war. He tried to join the Hungarian army, but his Jacobite roots prevented him from doing so. He roamed across Europe as a lost man with no hope. He was remembered as a war hero, but was on the wrong side of the stories being written. Whilst there was a great respect for him from the armies of Europe, the Irish Jacobites were no longer welcome in the continent or in their home. They were seen as being part of the old world, having fought desperately to save their country from being taken over and being taken from them, and defending the people. He eventually trundled into Poland and was accepted into service there. Very early into his time with the Polish, they understood why he was such a great respected leader. His insights in strategy and bravery were far superior than anything they'd experienced before. Such was their admiration for his abilities, he was recommended to the Tsar of Russia to become one of the elite 100 officers who would lead the Russian army. Very soon after meeting Peter, the Tsar understood why he was granted a meeting with them, and Peter was immediately included as part of the hundred. In 1705, aged 27, Peter became a major of the regiment in Poland, and served against the attacking Swedes. He led the Grand Musketeers, a group of 100 Russian noblemen who volunteered for war and paid their own way. It was while leading these men that his legend grew. As they wrote to their high-class fathers, telling stories of their time in war, each of them mentioned the confidence and awe in Peter's abilities. 
The fathers of these soldiers considered Peter a legendary type figure. While they hadn't met him, the stories they heard made him sound like some sort of a superhero. He was promoted to colonel. He spent the next few years exclusively fighting against the warrior Swedish king, Charles XII. Against this ferocious Swedish army, Peter defended his post admirably. Not only this, but he also made the most advances during the war. When the Danish joined the Swedish in their attacks on Russian lands, even though they had doubled the force, they were still no match for Peter, and he pushed them back as far as Stockholm. It was as a result of his victories and advantages that he was invited to take a seat in the Russian College of War. The executive group of the Russian Empire responsible for strategy. He was one of the few non-Russian born soldiers to ride a horse through the parade welcoming Catherine the Great into a role as Tsarina. He went on to fight under her command and was a key part in the legacy she holds in history. He became one of the first recipients of the Order of Saint Alexander Nevesky, Russia's highest military medal. He was then knighted by the Tsar, and in 1728 he was ranked as third in command for the entire Russian army and its domains. It was the War of the Polish Succession which brought Peter back into the battlefields again. He led and fought against the Polish king and led the siege against him. He commanded a 13,500 strong army through Germany, Austria and the Czech Republic. He again led the siege of Gdansk where he defeated the French and Polish forces. Peter's abilities were really pushed to a test as he entered the battle outnumbered 10 to 1 and returned from the battle victorious. After this, more medals and honours were given to the displaced Limerick men. In the Russian war with Turkey, Peter was badly wounded for the first time in his career. While wounded, he led what was at the time the biggest army across the sea as Azov through a narrow point. It took over four days to cross. This army then went to Arabat and eventually captured Crimea. The results of this success still cause issue today. When he returned from the war, he was made the governor of Livland. In 1741, Elizabeth Petrovna seized power of Russia and a dispute broke out between her and Anna Lepodovna. It was decided only Peter could resolve the issue and decide who should lead Russia. As the best soldier in Russia, Anna elected Peter commander-in-chief of the Russian forces. Whilst in this role, he led Russia through the Rusa-Swedish War. When the war ended, Peter was 65 and had spent his entire life fighting. Tired from life of war, he retired from the army 
and became a leader in the Russian areas of what is today northern Latvia and southern Estonia. As he retired, his son took his role in the army and became one of the greatest soldiers of the 18th century. His story, however, is for a different day. In 1751, Peter's fight finally came to an end as he passed away to join his father, brother and all the other displaced Irish Jacobites in the lands above the clouds. Today's music was written, performed and produced by Rhino Halloran. The story was researched and scripted by myself, Warren. If you want to help support this podcast, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com slash Irish, or leave us a review on your podcast app. Orn is anamdum. Gurv magwit. Slaunanish. It's the big one. The Sky Half Price Sale is here. Choose from award-winning Sky TV and everything on Netflix or unmissable sports with every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports all half price. Take Sky Cinema and watch the biggest blockbusters or grab Sky Broadband Ultra Fast for lightning fast speeds. Choose one that suits you. They're all half price for six months. Save big in the Sky Half Price Sale. Search Sky Half Price. Availability subject to location, TV and broadband products sold separately. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speed. Setup fees, min terms and further terms apply. Offer ends 2nd of September.